to me Say that we'll be Welcome to Small Villains, a Smallville fan cast. I am your host, Jacob Norwood. With you is my co-host, Philip Lopez. Philip, how are you? I'm fine, Jacob. Oh. Is that it? Yeah, it's I I know we usually do bits here, but uh hey, this episode was a bummer. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it it was it was it yeah, it was a bummer. This doesn't I mean, seem I like the type of episode that needs a bit. Maybe I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It no, is no bits. Uh, this is okay. We are now a no bits podcast. Uh, that's official. It broke us. It broke the us. Finally it broke, broke us. us. <laughs> Philip, did you like this episode? Um, no. Oh, okay, that's fine. Did you? I think I did. Okay, yeah, I thought that I thought, it will make for a good conversation. I thought it 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 at least tried some stuff. Um, I mean that's true. I don't know if Tom Welling's performance measured up all the way, but I think <laughs> everyone involved was trying, and I like everybody that involved about was it. trying. I think, and this is episode title Ryan. It's it's the kid's back. The kid is back. Um, I don't. I just don't think I like Ryan. That's fair. I yeah. I don't find him like, a compelling character. I mean, he was not compelling in his first episode, but I think. Uh, a cancer story was the right was the right way to go. Was it? Like, maybe they could have just left him. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It, it, I think it worked for me. Okay, well then I am excited to talk about this episode. It originally aired, Jacob. Yes. Uh, November twelfth, two thousand and two. We're almost through 2002. Hey. On to the Roaring 03. Yep. It was written by Philip Levins, who has previously written Kinetic, Stray, so it's the same, it's the same character. Sure. Drone, Crush, Tempest, and Vortex. Dang. Yeah, so this is a mainstay of Smallville. Yeah, cool. Okay. And it was directed by Terrence O'Hara, who had previously directed Reaper and Obscura. Uh, not episodes we liked, I think. Those two. Um, yeah. Me. Um, so I guess we just can uh, get into it. Starts with Ryan strapped into a chair being tested. Uh, the doctor, who... Were you distracted by how much this doctor looks like Chris Pine, Jacob? Oh, he does. You're right. I'm distracted I was, now. I was very distracted by how much this doctor looks like Chris yeah, Pine. I had not. I did not make that connection at the time. It, it's, uh, it's anyway, the eyes, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And like his hairline sure, is kind of the same. Yeah. Anyway, he's he's mad. He's like yelling at Ryan to finish the test. He's conducting tests. Yeah, and uh, uh, Ryan is telling him what he's looking at on a screen to to, right. to test his psychic abilities. And uh, the yeah, the doctor's very very stern with him and tells him to you know keep going and whatever. Finish the test or else. Right. Uh, but then he gets a headache and a nosebleed. Yes, he does. And a nosebleed. The doctor looks concerned. He does. And Ryan says Ryan accuses the doctor of being afraid that he won't get his uh, test results, indicating that. Ryan's time or his time with Ryan is limited. 
Right. I mean, that was that was it's, immediately obvious, right? Like that's yeah. What was happening was like, oh well, that's because mm-hmm. you know he's not going to have much time with Ryan because Ryan's going to die. Yeah, that's usually what um, nosebleeds mean, right? Yeah, psychics in uh, tend to get nosebleeds like in media a lot. Sure. Yeah, but so do people with brain tumors. That is also true. Both of those. That's the thing they have in common, and sometimes uh, they're the same person. Yep. So the, there's a Venn diagram. On one side is psychics. On the other side is people with brain cancer, and in the middle is nosebleeds. That's right. <laughs> Let's uh, release that graphic on our Twitter. We definitely should. <laughs> uh, Ryan tells the doctor that the aide is stealing a narcotic. Oxycontin. Sure. I used to uh, blog for a um, narcotics recovery center. Oh. So I've written extensively on the subject of Oxycontin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, with, gonna... with, I mean, there's nothing more to that story. Um, I just did a lot of research for it. It's not like I had any background in medicine of any kind. All right. This is a job I had for a while. Uh, and the doctor's like, I knew it. And he runs off after the guy. Uh, then the doctor gets to the guy and he's like, he's like, what are you doing? And the aide is like, I'm getting that medicine that you told me to get. He literally told him, like, even if he was actually stealing Oxycontin, which we find out in a minute that he wasn't, and this was all a ruse by Ryan to escape. Even if he was, just because he wasn't stealing it at that moment doesn't doesn't mean anything. Right. Like, he's just doing the thing the doctor told him to do. Right, exactly. Um, Hey, quick question. Is it ever established what kind of test this doctor is trying to like what's he what is he hoping to accomplish with ryan um i mean he's a psychic kid he's probably just like trying to feel figure out what his deal is i guess it's never established is my hey, point here's my question though is this episode a retcon of his abilities like did he have meteor abilities before now and now it's just like actually it's a tumor no, I don't. It was never established that he had meteor abilities before. Okay. Yeah, he just was psychic. Right. So presumably he had a brain tumor that whole last episode where everybody was falling in love with him. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a that's a way dark origin for your superpower. <laughs> you know what also did that was the movie Phenomenon starring John Travolta. Uh, did he was was John Travolta the uh, aforementioned from Phenomenon? Yep, he had psychic abilities. And it turned out he had a brain tumor, and then he dies at the end. So basically, this episode is a remake of the movie Phenomenon. Basically, uh, and Lex, when Lex reveals that the tumor causes the ESP, like, that's just a science thing. Is this, like, a real thing in the world? I mean, this is two different media that have this, so... Exactly. Like, where are they all getting this from? Is this just, like, a weird cancer fetishism like when people with autism have superpowers and this is like that maybe yeah all right yeah it's a little icky now sorry i brought that up (laughs) so ryan is gone they come back into the room ryan is not in the chair he's escaped through the air vents yeah yeah, this is the thing i'm I'm just gonna bring this up this is the thing that always bothers me vents aren't that big jacob some can be you've seen vents that big in real life yeah, or no, in like, movies, like commercial buildings, like have well, okay, I'll say this: they like like the the church building that you and I grow, grew up going to had grates that large. 
whether or not those okay. led anywhere, like to a maze of vents, uh, vent, you know, tunnels, uh, is another matter entirely. Sure. I just, usually they're like two and a half feet wide, I think. Sure, no, like normally they're not that large, but the, the, the great size is normal, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that, that I'm not just right. arguing with. Just the vents themselves. Listen. Tend to not be nearly as big as movies make. The them tradition of escaping through air vents is one that has been held sacred by movies and TV, and even the occasional stage play for many years. Is the stage play with air vents? Man, I don't know. I'm sure someone's done it. I'm sure there was a live production of Die Hard at one point that did that. Would watch. Honestly, there's a Bob's Burgers episode about that. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> oh, Ryan, we, we are not going to be the people that finally <laughs> dethrone, that finally bust the myth of the air vent. Okay, sure. This is fine. not the platform for that conversation. <laughs> Ryan's climbing through the air vents. He finds a room with a phone, and he calls the Kents. Uh, he asks them to get him out because they're experimenting on him. And then uh, the doctors bust in and sedate him. Yep. And then, and then I have so. a I have a fun typo in my notes that says "Somebody Dave me," and I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> sure. Somebody Dave. <laughs> so we have come back to the Kent farm. They can't find Ryan's aunt, and they are understandably concerned. The hospital does not seem to exist in the town of... Where did she live? I did not write that down. So, it's not Hub City, is it? Maybe. Because Hub City is at the end of the episode. Interestingly enough, do you know what other city in the real world has the nickname Hub City? I don't. New York? It is not. You will not guess it. If you don't already know it, you will not guess it. Kansas City. Even though you and I have a relationship with it as a city. I, that doesn't narrow it down at all for me. What is What is it? Is it Arlington? <laughs> Lubbock, Texas has the nickname Hub City. That, why? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. No idea. You, you know what Lubbock City hubs to? Literally nothing. That's not true. There is a little town called Seagraves, and Lubbock's a real hub for them. Sure. So, I think that's probably it. Like, you know, there's all these tiny little West Texas farm towns where farmers and oil field workers live and lubbock is like a hub for them edge city edge city that's where they live yes hub city is later also hub city is where the dc character the question lives oh okay i like the question wasn't the question in the uh or didn't renee montoya take over for the question in the new 52 or in 52 the series 52 yes in the series 52 that was a great series yes it was very good it was about like the question and Black Adam and uh, Booster Gold or yep. Blue Beetle, one of them. Booster Gold. Both. It was about Booster Gold because uh, I think the Blue Beetle had died. I don't know. It all happened after um, one of the crises. Yeah, that's true. I don't not remember which one. I have read them. Infinite Infinite Crisis, maybe. Possibly. Possibly. Uh, neither here nor there. Nope, uh, they can't find him. Chloe found someone to trace Ryan's call somehow. <laughs> uh, the cute guy from the phone company with the Vespa. Yeah. Um, 
Sure. I don't think that's how tr- call tracing works, but it Smallville absolutely does not. Smallville riders, you know, and they're Smallville going to Smallville. Tenuous grasp on, you know, how things work. Right. Turns out the call came from Metropolis, not Edge City. I did have Edge City in my notes. I could have told you that. Ah, oh, Jacob. I know. He, it's at a brain research facility. So I guess that's what they're researching. We're, well, is it a brain research? I guess it is. I guess she says neurological, even though she says that there are no patients there. Yeah, it's it's like theoretical Yeah, I don't research. which, that being said, I don't think it'd be that unusual to have patients in a neurological research facility. Right. Anyways. Uh, the mayor has paid a visit to our good friend Lex Luthor. Yeah. Jacob, did you recognize the mayor? No. His voice sounded familiar, so I looked it up. He's a cigarette-smoking man from uh, the X-Files. X-Files? Yeah. Oh, cool. That's fun. He doesn't speak in that show, does he? I don't remember. I haven't seen a lot of the X-Files. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I've watched the X-Files. So, Lex is trying to get a zoning permit for his, I guess, expansion? He wants to expand... Uh... The plant is expanding. Lex yeah. Corp is doing well. And the, the mayor's like, uh, if you want to do that, you should bribe me. And Lex is like, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. Hey, how do his conversations with Ryan in this episode play into this plot line? Because if they don't, then there's literally no reason for it. I think this is like set up for a bigger it must be. season arc. Yeah. Especially with the way it ends. Does someone run for mayor against uh, this I, guy? That has to happen. But yeah. Yeah. Because other, yeah, otherwise this doesn't like add anything to the it does nothing yeah because like ryan and lex have conversations about like uh morality and black and white and ryan doesn't think that things have to be all shades of gray and he you know lex does and um i i guess what he's doing with the mayor is kind of morally gray because like on the one hand he's refusing to bribe him which is great on the other hand uh, he's funding the campaign of the mayor's opponent. Right. You know, I, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, his, in theory, his opponent would give him that permit. Right. I mean, well, uh, yes. But it's presented more as like, he's just doing it to take down this corrupt mayor. Yeah. So, or I don't know. take down a guy who would give him what he wants. There, yes, could that be, is. Could be, the, could be therein lies way. the uh, murkiness. Uh, Nell and Dean, remember Dean? Uh Dean. He's the uh, worst. Obviously, that's what actually what this plot line is about. How much Dean is the worst? Because he's moving to Metropolis with Nell, and they want Lana to come with them. Yep. Lana, Lana is understandably upset. <laughs> exactly. That, uh, they didn't ask her first. Yeah, because she's upset because, like, Nell comes up. She's like, hey, guess what? We're moving in, like, two days. Which I guess is a thing that happens when you're a kid. That's not that unusual. I guess, but you'd think she'd, they'd give her a little bit more notice. Yeah, no, it still sucks for sure. Especially since um, she, like, owns a business. <laughs> like, Right, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Like, is she... I guess she could still own it. She doesn't have to be there. It's not like she's there usually anyways. But she, like, runs it. She'd have to... I mean, I guess she could just hire someone to Talking about Nell it. or Lana? Because Nell does not run the to- the Talon. Uh, no. That I, is absolutely Lana. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. But I guess she... Does Nell run the flower shop still? It's unclear. 
She's a business mogul at this point. She is no longer in the day to day. She she she's a big picture kind of lady. I suppose. And I, I just made all that up. Anyway, uh, Lana's understandably upset. Is the point. So Martha's been trying to reach the Summerholt Institute, which is this research facility, and mm-hmm. they were giving her the runaround. Yeah, she's on the phone for an hour, and then we're like, "Call back tomorrow." Clark wants to bust in and save Ryan. Jonathan's like, probably shouldn't do that. And then there's like the most awkward commercial break in the history of commercial breaks. Oh, I didn't notice. Like they they're talking, and Jonathan's like, "I don't think we should do this." And then cut to black. I was like, "Wait, what? That's the <laughs> act break?" <laughs> it was. I didn't, it was I didn't notice bizarre. anything strange. I did. I'm. I uh, for whatever reason, I'm a big act break person. Noticer. The Notice. act break noticer has logged on. That's me. Anyway, Ryan's in a hospital bed. Clark is there. He ran over there. I guess he's drugged up, yo. Ryan, not Clark. And uh, Clark meets the doctor. Bad he's doctor. Like, he's like, hey, I know my friend is here. You better let me take him. And bad doctor's like, no. He's not here. There's no one here. But Clark sees a paper behind the receptionist. Says has, restricted. Like, <laughs> Big red he, letters. And then he goes up there, and there's Ryan. There's Ryan. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> and then Clark just carries him out, I guess. No one yeah. notices him. Well, he does uh, murder a man first. He does throw a man through the wall. Yeah, he like puts more effort into it than I feel like Clark normally does, which means that man's uh, rib cage is now dust. Yeah, probably. He's super dead. He takes he takes Ryan to Lex's mansion. <laughs> is this where Lex like is like? No, okay, it comes up in just a little bit. But okay. Lex gives him the most delicious looking glass of hot chocolate I have ever seen in my entire life. I did not notice. That's fantastic. it. Looks so tasty, and I want one now. Even though it's it's a relatively warm day here where I'm at. Yeah, it's getting cool over here. It's been cool. It's been cool the last week or so. Today was just warm. People don't listen to this podcast for here. I was talking about the weather, though. <laughs> Turns out well, Ryan's... Then, well, then what do they listen for is my question. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Ryan's aunt moved to Arizona. The medical expenses were getting to be too much, and this bad doctor offered to uh, to pay for it. And then they, like, I guess signed over his legal... Legal guardianship, yeah. yes. <laughs> that seems bad. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot. Anyway, Lex is like, Clark, can I talk to you for a second? And they walk, they walk off. And then Lex is like the most reasonable he has ever been. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> Clark, you basically kidnapped this boy. Yeah. And now you've involved me. <laughs> this is a problem. <laughs> well, because Clark kind of covers for Ryan, Lex asks why Ryan was there at mm-hmm. the hospital. And Clark was like, no, nah, they were just keeping him for observation. And Lex yeah. like, hey, Clark, why'd you bust him out if it was just observation? <laughs> Let's look at this from Lex's perspective. Ryan was in a hospital for le- seemingly legitimate reasons, because he does not mm-hmm. know that Ryan is psychic and being held against his will. Correct. So Clark busted into a hospital, stole a sti- kidnapped a sick child. Lex's friend, the 16-year-old farmer. Yeah, exactly. By the way. <laughs> and brought him to his house. So Clark not a good was, look, Clark. It's Lex not a is good like, look. 
He's like, I'm I'll I gotta figure this out, my dude. <laughs> Which to be fair, he super does. He does. He does well. This Lex, Lex is this is a good Lex episode. It is. Lex does like <laughs> Not necessarily a good Lex episode in that it has, like, uh, meaty stuff for Lex to dig into. Exactly. But well, it, yeah. is a, it is an episode featuring good Lex. Yes. Brought to you by the makers of Bad Doctor. <laughs> um, he asks Lex how... asks the reasonable question, hey, how did you get him out of there? <laughs> yeah. Clark says, um, I was just lucky, I guess. My guy, you need to start having, like, answers to those questions. Really? Yeah. They're not going to stop. Yeah, Lex uh, busts out the very, again, legitimate response of, you're the luckiest guy I ever met. <laughs> uh, Clark goes home, Bad Doctor is there with Good Sheriff. Yeah, I, you know, I I feel for the Sheriff this episode. <laughs> like, <laughs> there is a part the next morning when they're all in the front yard where <laughs> the Sheriff just looks so helpless. He's like, I'm he's, just trying to do my he's job. He's so funny looking. He, he might as well just shrug his shoulders. It's so funny looking when he is there. Because, like, people, like, like Lex is, like, handing out paperwork. And Bad Doctor's, like, threatening people. And Jonathan and Clark are both looking all imposing. And the sheriff's just kind of in the middle, like, looking at people. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so they're saying, you know, hey, we're going to search the farm. Which, obviously, the Kents do not want. Because there is a spaceship in their storm cellar. So I guess somehow they convince the uh, doctor and the sheriff to come back in the morning. Which is yeah, not he usually says, give a... me one night. And that's not standard legal procedure, yeah, but whatever. Sure. <laughs> the doctor says if Ryan's not here by morning, this farm is being searched. And your life will be under a microscope. Yeah, I don't know why that's a threat. Like, I know why it's a threat. To Clark. Right, but that's that's why it's a threat is, threat is because it's a threat. Yeah, but I mean, I know it why... doesn't make any sense for him to say it. Yeah, but that's we, my point. We're now worried for Clark because that's a threat, even though yeah. the doctor the doctor might as well have said, "I don't know why I just said that." But uh... yeah, like we know why Clark wouldn't want that, but why would the doctor know that Clark wouldn't want that? <laughs> right, exactly. Anyway, Ryan's at the house now. <laughs> yeah, he shows up. Uh, Jonathan's like, hey, buddy, it's good to see you. You're a great kid. We have to give you back now. <laughs> yeah. And what? I, so that sucks that he says that. Uh, but what I like what he does when they actually do show up. I actually really, yeah. really like what he and Clark do. Good Jonathan. Uh, when they show up to take Ryan away. We'll get there in a second. Yep. Uh, so the, they show up. And then right as they're about to take Lex. Nope. Right as they're about to take Ryan, Lex shows up. Well, first, before Lex shows up, uh, what I like that happens here is that uh, the sheriff or the doctor sort of like moves towards Ryan and Jonathan and Clark both kind of like bow up and get in his way. And you, re oh, yeah. you realize like just how large these adult sons are. <laughs> like you're just like, oh, these big, strong, burly boys are going to stop this from happening. And it was just, it was good. They were very, they were, they were successfully intimidating in that moment. Yes, I agree. Anyway, then Lex shows up. He has a restraining order to keep Brian with the Kents. Sure. And then he and the doc, he and the doctor like play legal chess for a second. Because he's like, uh, I'll arrest Clark for kidnapping, and Lex is like, Well, then I'll sue you 
uh, because everything about what you do is real bad. Yeah, like, I don't... Uh, like, there's gotta... It, I mean, obviously this is what Lex is doing, but Ryan is obviously being held under duress. <laughs> well, it, from a legal perspective, I'm sure it gets murky because he has his legal guardian. But also, yes. they were claiming that he was not in that building. Like, 24 hours ago. Like, yeah. They were claiming he wasn't there. They never addressed that. I mean, he <laughs> he knows he has no ground. There's a reason he backs down and then proceeds to vanish from the episode. Does he never show back up? He is gone, man. And that's why, wow. I, I, that's why I want to get into how interesting this episode is, is when he disappears. That, I never, I did not notice that. Yeah. This this episode's doing something very interesting, and I'm kind of into it. Because, yeah, I guess the quote-unquote uh, story of the episode kind of ends right here. Pretty much. Doesn't it? I mean, there's one more plot twist in the technical sense, and then that's well, it. Well, yeah. But in terms of, like, story drama. Right, what was set up in, from the beginning is now, yeah. is now um, concluded. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I had, didn't, that didn't occur to me. Uh, so, yeah, so they do their whole thing, and then the sheriff just kind of shrugs and walks off. Yeah, it's, he's like, I don't know, yeah. man. <laughs> I was like, I'm the sheriff of, like, a town with, like, 300 yeah. people. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with this. Like, I'm I'm supposed to be, like, making sure people aren't jaywalking. I usually have to deal with raccoons more than people, so... <laughs> right. Um, they, they throw a surprise party for Ryan at the Talon. Yay! Lana kisses him on the cheek, I guess. That's the thing he, that they're continuing from the sure. last episode. Yeah. Uh, Ryan knew it was happening, but he didn't say anything, which was nice. They made him like a pistachio cake? What's the matter with them? That's a weird assumption to make about a person is that they would like pistachio. Like, Hey, don't assume your friends like pistachio. Public service I'm announcement. Sure, I'm sure a lot of people like pistachio. Yeah, but that's not a risk you could take. Like, just yellow cake. It's fine. Just, chocolate yeah, cake. Yeah, just a standard chocolate cake. You can't go wrong. Who's going to say, oh, I don't like chocolate? No one. Anyway, they play some super early 2000s music. Well, there's a band there. Do we know who the band is? Is it someone we know? I don't believe it's someone we know. Uh, let me see if I can check the wiki real fast. Featured music. Was it Von Ray? I don't know. Was it Dave Hewson? I have no idea. Was it Dishwalla? It may have been Dishwalla. Was it Dishwalla? It was probably Dishwalla. Hey, you know the band Dishwalla? That's a crazy name. A... Man, the early 2000s <laughs> or something, man. Hey, we are Dishwalla. We're here to rock. <laughs> Nickelback impression. Anyway, Pete's mom co-signed the restraining order, which that's pretty cool. Is Pete's mom a lawyer? She is, isn't she? Uh, I would assume so. If she could sign the... Or co-signed the restraining order. Did we, know, did we know that? I don't know. I don't know if I knew that. You'd think they would have had a better case against the Luthers if that was if she had been a lawyer this whole time. Maybe that's why she went into law. You know, Pete hasn't gotten a family episode yet. That's that's why I feel like he's so underserved. Even if he like we, gets us a, a more screen time than other characters, he still feels underserved because. We've had we time. About his yeah, we've had time with everyone else's parents, but his. Like, I'm sure that will come. I have no doubt that he'll get his episode with his family or whatever. Just the fact that it hasn't happened yet is weird. That's true. 
Um, Ryan says is like panicked because Pete knows Clark's secret. Also, another reason he is absurd, uh, underserved is because people like Ryan get to do his story arcs for him. Like, That's true too. That is also very. They're true. just talking about Pete's. Yeah, because he just tells Clark that Pete's stressed about knowing Clark's secret. Yeah, which yeah. you know you could have done a plot about that. Where I know, I and mean, maybe they will. Who knows? I'm sure that's setting up a future plot. I'm glad they got rid of this kid because he just he just tells Clark like, oh, it's it's a just, it's a real violation of boundaries and he uh, just plot. says plot stuff out loud because the next thing he's like, did you know that Lana's moving? Philip, they didn't get rid of him. He died of cancer. I mean, Jacob, you know he didn't really die, right? Philip, there's a reason they had to. You know how like when a character gets pregnant in real life and they have to write it into the show. They don't though. They usually just have them standing behind a couch for like. Well, nine months, I it's guess. It's a big couch. Did you know the, the actor's name is Ryan? Yes. What I'm saying is, this is all real. All of it. Okay. So, Clark is sad. I hope you feel bad for what you just said. Mm. Mm. I hope you're overcome with regret. Yes. Good. Clark is sad that Lana's moving. <laughs> so he, he asks her about it. Well, kind of. Yeah, because he's in his loft, and he's reading a book about the brain. It is the complete idiot's guide to understanding the brain. Nice. Yeah. Remember those books where he had, like, the complete idiot's guide to, and, like, uh, uh, what was the other one? For Dummies. I knew For Dummies. For Dummies, yeah. yeah for Dummies. Yeah. I mean, remember, are those not around anymore? Is that not a thing? I guess not. Google kind of... They were, like, super popular in the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, huh. And then they're... I don't see them as much anymore. Sure. Because no one read, no one reads books to learn things anymore. That's why. I got YouTube for that. Exactly. Exactly. Not a bad thing, by the way. I'm not like kids these daysing this. I think it's almost better to have that kind of thing. Yeah. Monitor's up. Turns out that Clark and Ryan left early because Ryan wasn't feeling Philip, good. Philip, why don't want you? Why don't you want to go on this tangent with me about learning practices in modern times? Jacob, we gotta get through this episode. Fine. It's about to get real serious. Yeah. Okay. Let's. So yeah. So they're in the barn. Uh, Clark guilts Lana into telling him about uh, her thing, even though that wouldn't work on him. Yeah, he like super fishes for her. He knows that she's leaving because Ryan told her. Yeah. And then he him. says, "Hey, I know things aren't great between us, but he's like exploiting their relationship. Yeah. To get like, information but, out of her." Uh, is there anything you want to tell me? There is no way that Clark sucks more than the way he <laughs> treats Lana. You're not wrong. Like, there's a lot of uh, good things about Clark. Uh, how he treats Lana is not one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So she does tell him that they're supposed to be moving. And Clark's like, why don't you bring it up to your... Maybe biological dad. And she's like, bad idea. And we're like, yeah, no kidding. Then he says, well, you could stay with us, but, you know, Ryan's here. That's the reason. Yep. But that would also be super weird, Clark. Be weird. It would. You don't You don't want that. It would be weird. No, you don't and want then, that. That's going to mess with your head something terrible. Right. Clark says, don't go. And he's like, uh, to Metropolis, that is. Not away from me. <laughs> and then Lana calls him out <laughs> yeah because she's like are you gonna kidnap me too <laughs> and he's like ha, 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 maybe yeah 
Uh, Martha takes Ryan to the mansion before his doctor's appointment for his headaches. Yep. Uh, Ryan goes to see Lex's Warrior Angel comic collection. Well, before he does that, Ryan tells Martha that he knows her secret and that she should tell Jonathan and Clark. Hmm, what could he be talking about? Um, she won a contest for a trip to Aruba? Finally, yes! Secret revealed! Um, do you, do you, okay, but that's a plot that's obviously going to pay off. Uh, she's, she's probably pregnant, right? I think that's what it is. Look, there's only like three plots that that moms can have. Yeah, and that's one of well, them. Yeah, you're not wrong. Boy, we should work on that. Us personally. Yeah, let's get on it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, then he goes and looks at Lex's comic book collection. Uh, Warrior Angel number one. Did you notice the cover, Jacob? Uh, yeah, it was kind of like like Warrior Angel was like holding the car over his head and kind of like trying to, and like uh, people are looking on and it seems like he's doing this to, to save someone or like to get someone out of danger or something like that. Why? Why do you ask? I can't, I honestly cannot tell if you're being facetious <laughs> or not. Yes, it is. It is recreating the co- the <laughs> cover of Action Comics number one, the first appearance of Superman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know when you're doing bits anymore, Jacob. <laughs> they talk about comics and how some how in real life things are not black and white like they are in the comics. Even though this one was in color. That Jacob. That's not what they mean. Oh, okay. it's, a, it's a metaphor, Jacob. Ryan gets a headache. And then his nose bleeds just all over the dang comic book, which is really going to lower the resale value of it. Good thing Lex has two copies of every issue, one for display and one for reading. Yep. Yep. Good thing. And Ryan passes out. There's a really cool, nice dissolve from Clark's face, or from the comic book into Clark's face, though, here. It was a what? Say that again? I heard you perfectly, but I just didn't understand a word you said. (laughs) (laughs) A nice dissolve from the comic book. Into Clark's face, right? Like as if we didn't like. Do you get it? Clark is warrior yeah. angel. Clark Superman is warrior angel. It's Clark. Get it? No. Okay. Look. Do you get they it? They did not lean. They did not lean on that nearly mm. as hard this episode as they did in the last episode. That's true. There is the part where he busts through the garbage truck to save Ryan, and it's like literally that panel. Yeah, he recreates <laughs> a panel from the comic. That was like a that was a plot line on Heroes at one point. People kept re- people kept recreating comic book panels. Well, to be fair, those comic book panels were drawn by a person who saw the future. So I don't see how that's relevant. Because they weren't recreating the comic book panels. The comic book panels were predicting what they would do. I'm not sure what your point we... is. My point is we should do a Heroes <laughs> podcast. Oh, no, don't do that to us. <laughs> Philip, we're we're struggling through a show that we like, and you want us to do a show like Heroes? There's only half as many episodes of Heroes as there are of Smallville. Yeah, and we're not even kind of halfway through Smallville. Uh, Ryan's in the hospital. Clark got on the new Warrior Angel issue, Heroes though. is not a good show. No, it's not. The first season was good. True, but then the second season was the first season, but worse. Yeah, well, the writer's strike. And then the third season was some other... No, you can... Listen, season two can be a fluke because of the writer's strike, but explain season three. So Clark got Ryan the new Warrior Angel issue. It features a flying fortress of solitude. Yep. 
Is that more of a Fortress of Solitude thing or more of a foreshadowing of how the episode ends with a hot air balloon? No, I think the idea is that Clark got the idea for the balloon from this. So it's not so much foreshadowing as it it is planting the idea in Clark's head. Right. Let's talk about hot air balloons some more. (laughs) We'll get there. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. (laughs) We're going to talk about your sudden love of hot air balloons. Uh, Clark says he's scared of flying. And Ryan says, I didn't think you were scared of anything. And I have a brain tumor. Oh, boy. That's getting bigger. Sure. He's dying. Yeah, he's reveal- he, he reveals that he knows what's wrong with him and that he has a brain tumor uh, that is accelerating in growth as a result of the experiments performed on him by a bad doctor. And... Do you think it's as a result of the experiments, or do you think it's just like the more he uses his psychic abilities, the worse the tumor gets? I don't know. Jonathan says later that they think it's because of the experiments. They there's no basis for that assumption. Doctors, Philip. Yeah, whatever. Clark's bad because he can't save him. He's like, I'm a superhero, but I have to watch my friend die. So this is the rest of the episode, and here's why I think it's important. I okay, let's talk about it because it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I mean, execution is kind of hit or miss. Um, but Clark, this is Clark reconciling with the idea that his power, he can't save everyone. Yeah, and I like that in theory. Yeah, like, I'll, I will, I won't fight you on the idea that this episode does not do that so great, but this episode is, like, consciously takes the bad guy out before the third act. Like, he's just, he just leaves. The doctor never shows up again. And the show wants Clark to deal with real loss, like a character that has been very much built up as someone who's very important to him. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not often that characters get a second episode on this show. Right. And so, you know, there's a lot of footwork being put into Ryan as a character. And then that's taken away. And there's like, there's, there's, this episode has real stakes in a way that a lot of them don't. And I, I like it. I, you know, I, I, you know, say what you will about everything, how how well it does those things, but you cannot fault the episode for stakes and for doing the work necessary to build those stakes. Um, yeah, I, that's fair. I like, like I said, I do like that. I do like that they're trying something. I just wish they could have done it with someone besides Ryan. <laughs> totally fair. I he does not bother me at least in this episode. Well, yeah, I mean, last episode was not good, you know, and he was part of that reason. Um, but I think he's grown up a little bit. I think his performance is a little bit better. I think he's a little less uh, not cloying. He's he's less of a cutesy character. That's true. Um, um, but, but for him to still have a bad taste in your mouth is, I like, I get that. I I understand. (laughs) Yeah. I think because, because we hated or just didn't like the last episode with him so much, there wasn't that attachment to him here that you kind of need to get that that point across. But for me, I think that Tom Welling and Clark are doing a lot of, are making up for a lot of that with how they clearly care about this character or he i guess that's true yeah um and how important he is to different people i think i've lost you again no i just have yep. to talking oh, maybe you did lose me then jacob jacob there you are. i'm back now <laughs> yes i agree with you um 
you have any more about that, or do you want to just move on and continue to recap? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's pretty much my read on the episode and why it works for me. We can just wrap it up now. <laughs> well, there's a little bit more, uh, specifically with Lana. She's looking into child emancipation. It's not going to work. And No, because there's a whole bunch of different things. It takes like six months. Can't do it. Uh, Lex knows... A, anyway, Chloe says, maybe there's another option. Lex has a guy that know, that is like has an experimental treatment that could maybe work, but he's leaving town and uh, he's not going to be back for six months. So, which is so too long. Here's here's an interesting thing. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm, I'm still trying to kind of form my thoughts about it, but it's this idea that everyone tells Clark, Lex tells Clark, his parents tell him. Sometimes you just can't do anything. Right. And, but, you know, the, the, the sequence where Clark runs to find this doctor, where he, you know, like it's an extended sequence of him running to Hub City, like 400 miles away. It looks very bad. It's not great CG, and it doesn't look like he's actually moving that fast. Um, to, like, to be able to run that fast 400 miles. Mm-hmm. But, um, it just, yeah, it's... The idea that Clark can do something is interesting to me, and I've lost you again. I have been quiet for a while. Did you lose me for real? Yes. Yes, you did. There you are. I'm back. Hey. Um, yeah, um, and I will talk about in a second uh, what I do like them doing in regards to that. Because uh, I do like kind of how that uh, part of the story ends. Okay, yeah, you so can talk about that. Like, is... I'm, I, I don't, like I said, I don't have really fully formed thoughts on it. It's just interesting mm-hmm. to me because a normal person in Clark's position, hearing that advice from Lex that says, spend time with him while you have it, don't make my mistake, where I spent all my time trying to cure my mom, and then I lost her and regretted it. Right. But, like, a normal person would hear that and hopefully take a lesson from that. But Clark is in this unique position of still having a chance, like, still being able to accomplish. Yeah, Yeah, like... um, And, like, the question that raises to me is, like... You know, there's a story that happens in superhero comics sometimes where a superhero goes too far in trying to do the right thing because they are capable of going too far. You know, they have these good intentions and it ends up poorly because they not abused, but exploited their powers to make something happen that ordinarily would not have happened. Yeah. And well, here, let's go ahead. Uh, okay. Finish that. Well, I, I don't know. I like this as far as I've gotten so far. So yeah, let's keep talking. Um, let's go go ahead and jump ahead a little bit, in the, and then we'll jump back and talk about the subplots. Um, because here's what I like, is that he does all that stuff. He's like, no, I can do this thing. And he runs 425 miles, and he gets this doctor right as he's about to get on the plane. And he's like, wait, my friend is very sick, he needs your help. And then the doctor listens, and he goes to Smallville, and he does the surgery on Ryan... And ostensibly, it's a success. Like, if the episode had ended five minutes earlier, that is your typical, like, 
superhero ending. Like Clark uses his powers and gets yeah. the guy and the, everything works out. But in this episode, Clark, right. this goes back to what you were saying. Clark does everything he can and he does everything right, but it still doesn't work. This is, mm-hmm. it's still Clark having to learn that despite having these powers, despite, you know, being Superman, right? There's some things he just can't do. Mm-hmm. And I like, I, I, that idea is very interesting. And I just wish it had been with a more interesting character than Ryan. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and I know they do. There is, I think it's episode 100 where they kind of do that, but, um, Think, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. They do play with that here, and it's it's an, yeah. it's a very interesting concept, and uh, I like that. Yeah, and yeah, I'm I'm sure the show will take other opportunities to try that again mm-hmm. with better execution in the future. But I, I think as a as a first go of it, I it worked better for me than it did for you. Okay. Um, Lex does mention that he had read that the where the tumor is that Ryan has maybe he thinks maybe Ryan can read minds and then you know science yeah and then Are Clark you familiar with science <laughs> uh Clark accuses Lex of wanting to exploit Ryan as well and which the, the, sucks like Lex has done a lot for this kid come on Clark <laughs> I I think it uh, they may bring that up I think Clark maybe apologizes. He does, yeah. His response, like, Lex is like, I've literally been spending hours trying to track this doctor down. And Clark's like, you're right, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but And it makes sense that Clark would react that way. Like, he's in a bad headspace because his friend is yeah. dying. Yeah. I, I just, I'm just so conscious of every slight and abuse towards Lex by the ostensible good characters on this show. I know. Because of how things end up going because we're him. tracking his arc <laughs> exactly and so every time someone's like mean to him i'm just like no don't be nice to our sweet boy lex <laughs> don't let this happen uh lex brings ryan at issue 66 of warrior angel which is apparently super rare because this is the issue where warrior angel and his best friend Devilicus uh turn against each other jacob do you did you get the metaphor I get the metaphor. What's what sticks out more to me is that Ryan asks why Develicus turned against him, turned against Warrior Angel, and the answer is it's because his name is Develicus. Yeah, it's like Sinestro in the Green Lantern. Yeah, like, exactly. yeah, my dude. What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> he, he looks like the literal devil, and his name is Sinestro. Like <laughs> this guy's name is Develicus. Develicus. Oh boy. Um, yeah. But who says? Okay, I have this quote: "In life, the road to darkness is a journey, not a light switch." I don't remember who says that, but Lex says that, and Ryan says you'd do well to remember that. Lex, he doesn't exactly say it like that, but Lex says that, and basically lays out his whole uh, character arc. Yep. Um. So Clark's still running. Yeah, this is where Clark runs against the doctor. Uh, Ryan has surgery. Then, okay. Next part, next subplot is Lex showing the mayor a campaign ad against the mayor. He says, I'm supporting your opponent. Lex talks about Churchill talking about Pearl Harbor and, you know, like the waking the sleeping giant thing. It was a pretty good metaphor. It was good, yeah. I liked it. it wasn't, Jacob, it wasn't like... It wasn't ancient Greek. It wasn't ancient Greek, so... It wasn't Alexander the Great. I'm for it. I'm, I'm I'll take pro it. it. 
it was the other guy that dudes point to as a model for life, which is Winston Churchill. Yeah. If you're not talking about Alexander the Great, you're talking about Winston Churchill. Yeah, that's probably fair. Anyways, toxic masculinity is killing America. Lana says, Lana's at the hospital. Ryan's in recovery. She tells Clark she's going to stay with Chloe. Yay! Clark's like, well, I'm sad because you're not going to be the girl next door anymore. <laughs> and Lana says, maybe you can give your telescope to Ryan. <laughs> yeah, she definitely knows what that telescope was there for. Uh, it was good. And then Ryan dies. So... Oh, no! <laughs> Oh. <laughs> no, that's not what happens. Oh. Um, no, but they uh, Ryan tells them that um, the doctor says they only gave him a few extra days. Yes, hello. Yeah, Philip. Did you lose me again, Philip? Are you there? Oh boy, this is rough, Philip. Jacob. This is Winston Churchill. Can you hear me, Philip? <laughs> I'm calling you from the Jacob, front lines in rough. England, Philip. I don't, I don't like it when we lose <laughs> each other. Oh, could you could you hear me at all just now? Oh yeah, I definitely could. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> mm, this is a bad episode. No, I mean of our podcast. No, it's fine. It's just a pain. I'm gonna have to edit it a lot later. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Um, Ryan says the doctor really only got him a few extra days. Um, which seems like a lot of medical expenses for like three days, but whatever. Lex, Whatever. Lex is paying for it, probably. Ryan says he wants to spend it with his friend. And then he gets a headache again. He says, it's too loud. Hey, Clark does a weird pouty thing with his face in this scene when he's looking at Ryan while Ryan's having the headache. And I didn't like it at all. Oh, I didn't notice. Is it just... It's different from his normal sad face, uh, which is just him looking slightly downwards. Um, <laughs> it's just like a, his, his eyebrows kind of go up in the middle a little bit. And he... He pouts out his lips a little, and I don't like it. Okay, this, this is a this is an instance of Tom Welling not emoting very well. Exactly. Here's why it works for me, though. Oh, <laughs> you didn't see this coming. I did not. Uh, it represents everything I like about this episode, which is that it's trying, even though if it's not succeeding. Ah, I see. Because Tom Welling is trying something new. He's trying a different emotion than we see from him normally. Oh, okay. And even though it does not work at all, he is trying. Well, good job, Tom. And I like it. Jacob, oh. and then you got real excited at the end of the episode because Clark and Ryan, they go up in a hot air balloon. <laughs> Your favorite thing in the world, Listen, hot air balloons. I, here's the thing. I am very privileged in my life to have a platform like this show where I can reach millions of listeners on a weekly basis uh, because all of that was accurate, including the part about releasing on a weekly basis. <laughs> and I just want to uh, be a little selfish at the moment, take this opportunity to use this platform for my own uh, self-interest and dispel any myths about <laughs> my interest in hot air balloons. I think they're cool. Your Instagram is a pro is all all hot air balloons these days. I think uh, the idea of a hot air balloon is a pretty neat one. Uh, I I feel about uh, uh, hot air balloons the way that one guy feels about music, which that is that is he thinks not very that specific I, at all. <laughs> Uh, his name is... Oh, crap, what's his name? So, it's the guy who did Zendaya is Michi. Uh, he did another video called, uh... Did I lose you? No, Because if I did, I'm just gonna keep talking about this. Okay, good. I'm just being very quiet. 
Yeah, so his name is Gabriel Gundacker. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. And recently he created a viral video called Zendaya is Michi. It's wonderful, and I love it so much. But this was not his first viral hit. Uh, Previously, he created, I think it was originally a vine, or a collection of vines. And they're called A Guy Who Likes Music. I'm begging you to wrap this up, Jacob. it's, It's just this guy who fundamentally does not understand what music is, but he's like super into it, or is at least trying to communicate that he is into it. Uh, and so he'll like not hear anything and be like, oh man, I love this music. And someone will say, there's no music. Are you describing a vine, Jacob? Listen, my point is that's how I feel about hot air balloons. (laughs) End of story. Is that the, Jacob, why did you just spend the last five minutes? You really, you just wanted to get your Zendaya Izmichi reference into this episode, didn't you? Uh, I just wanted to talk about higher balloons and how I think they're fine. Your Instagram's all hot air balloons. So they talk. One hot air balloon. <laughs> the next shot is Clark. There's two hot air balloons. You're leaving, right. Leaving the empty hospital room, and he's sad. He stands I made a video life. about hot air balloons. Are you, you lost me, didn't you? No, I can hear you. Wow, and you were still just talking about <laughs> hot air balloons. Clark stands sadly in the hallway, and then the episode ends. He's doing his normal sad face here. Yes. The standard issue. Let's rank this episode. It's definitely better than Stray. Uh, yes. Which is does not make it very high on the list. No, but I would say better than Stray. Um, there's not really any other, like, sad episodes to compare it to, is there? What was the last? Didn't we have another episode recently that brought back someone? Um, I, was there an episode recently where somebody came back? I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to remember if we've had another uh, recurring character recently. I don't remember. Okay. Well, we know it's better than Stray. Let's just work our way from there. It's okay. definitely better than Metamorphosis. Yes. Uh, I'm going to jump up a little bit. This one's hard for me because it's so unusual. I don't know how I'm going to compare it to others. Yeah, I don't either. I'm just going, let's... Okay, what's what's middle ground? Hourglass? That's about halfway, right, at the moment? that's kind I of like far. it better than Hourglass. Okay. Well, Lineage was last week's episode. Do you like it better than last week? That was another one where we just kind of like... It's better than Hourglass. Yes. Yeah. Is it better than Lineage, the episode we talked about last week? Uh, I feel like it's about on par, because it's kind of that same like weird like uh, um, setup, or not, not setup, but uh, like... Um, Conceit. Yeah. Where it's, it's, again, there's not a freak of the week, per se. Uh, why can't I remember anything about Lineage? <laughs> that was the one with the mom. Oh, right, 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 Um, I still I, like it. I like it better than that one. You do like it better. Okay, well, we're, I think we're going to be right around here, because I don't know that I did. Okay. And I... It, the plot, plot-wise, it works better for me. Like, there's more of a plot, whereas that's that fair. one was just like... I'll give you that. Mom is evil now! <laughs> that's true. It, there, it did have that sudden turn at the end for no good reason. All it's right, then, bad. let's, uh, the one right above that, where we put it below last week, Hothead. A solid Freak of the Week episode. Yeah. Would you put it above Hothead? I probably uh, I probably put Hothead above. Um, we can put it right below Zero, which is our last uh, contentious episode that that you liked and I didn't. Is that right above Hothead? That's right above Hothead. I'm okay with that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. It is it is uh, uh, slightly worse than the last one that 
that we uh, disagreed on. That we disagreed on. <laughs> this is our. This is our. I guess we'll put it here. Uh, <laughs> range of the list. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, we're gonna look at this later and be like, "What was that episode?" <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, there it goes. It, it, it enters the list uh, below zero and above hothead. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast about this television show, Smallville, that we call Small Villains. Yep. You can rate and review us on iTunes. We appreciate that. Philip, do we have any new reviews this week? I don't believe so, but let me just double check very I wouldn't be surprised, considering we haven't put out an episode in like a month or two. A month. It's, uh, no, it was, only, it was like right at a month. Yeah. We don't, we don't have any new, episodes, uh, new reviews. Okay. Uh, you can do that. It helps us a lot and it makes us feel good. Yep. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter at smallvillains1, like the number one. I am at JAC Norwood on Twitter. Philip is at firehawk32. That's me. Um, anything else? Uh, thank you to Jonathan Colton for the use of his song Nemesis off the album Artificial Heart. Thanks, Joko. Uh, next week, the episode is titled Dichotic. Oh. I don't know what that episode is about. Oh, I, cannot... I do know what that episode is about. Do not look it up, Jacob. Whoa. I will not look it up. I'm actually probably going to go watch it right after we finish recording. So. That's probably a good idea. All right. Cool. Why don't you wrap us up? All right. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, as always, statistically... Podcasting is still the safest way to travel. Hold on. What's happening? I think Alexa started playing music. Stop. Hmm. Don't know that. No, no, Alexa, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say something? I guess however many times we've been saying Lex, it just whatever I I Oh, I guess. To, and it made Alexa start playing music. Weird. Don't you dare. Oh my gosh, that's really funny. Okay, um... <laughs>